This is the meeting after the meeting. None of our participants get paid, and we don't speak for Alcoholics Anonymous. Enjoy the show. Said, don't talk about the music. <laughs> I, I know you said it. I know you what? said what are you it. talking about? Because it's getting old. The bit's getting old. But this is <laughs> fucking unbelievable. What, what is this? It's bluegrass. What are, you, what are you talking about? Is this, blue, is this bluegrass, Gabe? I don't know. This is just, this is music. All right. Well, now let's see. Oh. Ooh. Very folksy. I'm liking this. Yeah. We were so before the episode. Now I was like, why don't we just, you know. Been doing the shtick for for the music for a while now. Why don't we skip it? And Gabe was like, "That's going to be Im-. before you got here." Chris Gabe was like, "That's going to be impossible tonight. There's no way Chris isn't going to want to talk about this music." Yeah, it, it's. How was your day? My day was great. Yeah, I had a a wonderful day. How about you? It was good. Weather was beautiful. Got a few moments to kind of sit on the deck and. We've been very Take a little sun in. Yeah, we've been very blessed today with with good weather. So this past week, yeah. Gabe, how about you? Um, yeah. I mean, I have no uh, AC right now, so like I have. Like, how do you set. not have AC? I mean, so it's I live in a in a condo, and so the building uh, a condo where in uh, uh, Rockville in Maryland. They don't start it yeah, until I mean, a certain date. And uh, yeah, so yeah, you have the. That's pretty, that's pretty standard, is I guess, standard? in a lot of places. Yeah, it is. They don't turn it on until like May 15th or something, right? Yeah, it's, it's either yeah. the AC's on or the yeah. heat's on. Like it yeah. switches in between. And right now we're still in heat, even though it's like, I don't know who's turning on the heat Yeah. at this so, point. But that's the it sounds like a live. communist country. It's, yeah. Don't, let's not and, get uh, going. That's what it sounds like to me. A homeowner's association can feel like that sometimes, Chris. It's pretty standard. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's, let's get into it. What about this? a window unit? <laughs> This is the meeting after the meeting. Meeting. I'm John. I'm Chris. Welcome to the show. We are happy you are all with us again tonight. This is episode 10. I can't believe it's been mm. 10 episodes. Halfway through the season. Halfway through the season. If you don't know, our seasons are going to be 20 episodes long, and then we're going to uh, start over. We'll switch it up. <laughs> we'll do... I think at that time we're going to switch up the background, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we're going to have a, we're going to have a have a full like set a real set in the background and uh, and maybe a different different couple of different uh, yeah maybe different. We'll change the sketch or, to a know. we'll change the sketch to a uh, a segment a segment. A segment yeah segment. We can talk about that a little later, but it's a touchy subject. It's Let's worth talking uh, about. We, we've we've got a great show for you tonight. If you don't know, the meeting after the meeting is a podcast that's recorded weekly on Zoom. The episodes are put out on all major podcast platforms. The video is put out on our password-protected link tree, which is what? TMATM Live. TMATM Live. All right. So we've we've got that. We've got an awesome guest tonight. We're excited to, to have her here. We've got a great 
topic we're going to talk about. We've got an awesome newcomer tip of the week and another great sketch of the week with some audience participation. For those of you who want to join in similar to last week, we're going to have some audience participation. This time we'll have it working right. We'll have it working right. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, We are excited. Let's introduce Gabe real quick. Gabe, what's up, man? Nothing much. Nothing much has changed, but thank you for introducing me this week. Yeah. That felt good. It feels good to be seen. Good. In any context. We appreciate you. Gabe, we is, do. as you guys know, Gabe does this for a free burrito every week. That's his pay. Or a bowl. Or a bowl, whatever he is decides. Is it a burrito? It's a burrito or a bowl. Well, I got a bowl, a bowl and a tortilla on the side, and I make my own burrito. Which is kind of weird, but hey, do your own thing. It's a hack. Let's let's introduce our guest tonight. I'm excited. She came all the way from Alexandria, which Virginia. is a hike. If you're local, you know. If oh. you're not local, you may have heard of our infamous DC traffic. I'm not sure if she hit any of it. We'll find out. Let's Definitely. welcome Lily C. Oh yay! <laughs> <laughs> we got okay. Yes. Oh, in we studio too. All right. Applause. We have a lot. That's the first live we've tried the live applause too. I mean, I deserve it. Yeah, honestly. you definitely <laughs> do for coming all the way from Alexandria at a minimum. That yeah, is so soul crushing traffic. I actually left my job in DC, drove okay. home to Alexandria, and wow. then here. Oh. It wasn't a good move. So you caught a, you caught. Both. I caught I caught as much traffic as possible. Yeah. Now, I just do you ride, like love. Do you have hate to take sixty six to get out of the city? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm I'm good at a it, lot of things. Directions, trap, whatever. It's right. I'm not. It's you not just punch it in a GPS and go. Yes. Yeah. What did I just you do? Shut my brain off. Pre GPS. That's a good question. Okay, so <laughs> I am of the MapQuest. Map, the MapQuest era. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, just revealing my age already. Um, So I used to listen, listen up. I used to print out the MapQuest, but because I couldn't read the map, I would take a separate piece of printer paper. Okay, and then I would write like L for like left, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You know, on L on blah 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 street, R on blah 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 street, and then further. Because I couldn't just like reverse those directions yeah. in my head, I turn it over and write out the reverse wow. directions at home. Because I am, I'm not that smart. That's amazing. <laughs> that's actually that is yeah, pretty I mean, smart that's, to that's be able like to do that. It's analog ways right there. I mean, you know, I was low tech. I, yeah, low tech, low tech yeah. for sure. But we were all in that camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have vague memories of a being a child and like flipping like, okay, G 18, you have to flip like six pages ahead in the oh map. And then God. this side of the map connects to oh, this side. My you know dad would get me a Thomas guide map. Yeah. I'm from California. So there's this map <laughs> called the Thomas guide, right? Okay. For yeah. LA, yeah. Um, LA, Orange County area. And he would get me one every year for my birthday <laughs> and then sit with me and make me <laughs> like map things out. He would choose like a destination and force me to map it and then yell at me every time <laughs> I couldn't do it. So my childhood was great. Thank you for asking. No wonder you're an AA. We're gonna yeah. get. We'll be getting yeah. into a little more of yeah. that. That's yeah. a, that's amazing. Yeah, that's a great mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, this did say it is important to interject funny, crazy, yes. life changing, or spiritual experiences into yes. this podcast. No, like so the pressure's on. The I mean, pressure. it's like you guys are both my father. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh no. We'll be doing a map study course after yeah. this, Lily. Oh no? <laughs> I mean, oh I feel God. like our our segment or yeah. sketch, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it is a bit of a test. Okay. It is. I'm ready. We'll, we'll, I'm we'll ready. see how it yeah. goes. Why don't we start out by getting into some of the basic details? We call them stats. the stats. So right. sobriety date, sponsor, home group, 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my sobriety date is September 19th, 2005. Um, I have oh, a sponsor. Wow. Yeah. We're like twins. I didn't realize I that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We're so twinsies. we're at the same time. Yeah. Wait, what's yeah. your, what's your May 16th, 2005. May. Okay. Okay. So, so you got like six months on me. A little cool bit, guy. Cool but guy. I'm probably, <laughs> believe me, you're probably way more advanced than I am. <laughs> I don't <so>. think so. <laughs> uh, I have a sponsor. Um, do I yeah. say her name? Or you don't have to. Okay. You don't have um, to. It's fine. I didn't ask her, so yeah, I, yeah. I won't. She's in California. <laughs> she sponsored me for the past um, 13 years. Okay. Wow. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. That's and good. I have a home group. It's Virginia Big Book in okay. Virginia in Vienna. Is it Vienna? Yeah. 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 Again, Tuesday, I, I just put it nights. in the map, so I don't really know. Great meeting. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. That I is a very, site. that's a very, I've been out there a couple of times yeah. and it yeah. is the, pre, you want to talk about the pressure being on. Yeah. That's I, where the pressure's on sitting up there. I love, I actually love speaking at that meeting really? because I'm like a real book nerd and I love, I've all, my home group has always been a book study yeah. and I love the book. And that's great. I just get, I get bored of like tearing, telling my yeah. story over and over. So I like it when people ask questions. Yeah. So, so if you don't know, Virginia Big Book is a meeting where you sit, the leader or speaker sits up front and throughout the meeting you're reading from the book and people are just firing questions yeah. at you like yeah. any question they can come up with which can put you on the spot but sometimes. there's always someone yeah. in the in the in the audience is trying to stump trip you the, up stump the speaker. i mean and it's like come on oh man, i love it bring know? it on you can't stump me yeah. like yeah actually no one does that to me i think because people are like largely intimidated they know, you know? Really? yeah they know. yeah okay. just like no guy in aa is like ever shot a shot with me <laughs> Ever. <laughs> unless, unless they're a new, new newcomer. Wow. The newest of newcomers. They don't know. And they have no <laughs> they awareness. They have it. no you social know, they're awareness. they're like, cool tattoos. Yeah. And I'm like, you have a sponsor? You know what I love? Sometimes I'll get like uh, like a me- like a Facebook message, some like new, new, new yeah, guy yeah. finds me or whatever. It's getting real already, John. It's getting real. This is great. And I'll like shoot a shot. Yeah. And then I like 12-step him, you know? Right and then I'm there. like, did you have a sponsor? Like, how's that going? Mm. And it's, yeah. They and didn't, he's like, you're not they, as cool as I thought Yeah, they didn't know what they were getting into. Because once, yeah. Then then they're stuck on the conversation with me. I'm like, how many meetings you go into? You know, are you all right? Like, never, blah, blah, you know what? You're probably hoping never again will they, they'll be like, this is not the place to try sure to pick won't. up a girl. In sure That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So no, I think mm. they'll try again. <laughs> you never know. You, yeah, you never know. know. Um, okay. So with that being said, let's get into the three W's. This is where we kind of hear a little bit more about you and your story. Okay. Why don't you start out with, with what you were like? Mm, okay. Um, what I was like, I mean, a mess. Uh, honestly, like I was kind of looking at your, your, um, like prompts here and, um, I don't really, I honestly like not to be a bummer, but like, I don't really have a lot of fun or hilarious escapades cause my drinking was terrible. It was, mm. it wasn't good. You know, it was really fun for like two months. You know, my drinking just took off from the get, I tell the story all the time, but I was like, my first drink was like prom night, my friends and her brother and her, all his hot older guy friends or whatever. This we were in all, California. This right? in California. Yeah. yeah. We were like, they were having like a little backyard party and I had my first drink and I just felt like incredible. It definitely bridged the gap from like who I was to who I wanted to be. Mm. All the confidence that I lacked, all the, the funny stories, the jokes, the, you know, the magnetism that I craved to have, like alcoholism gave that to me. Yeah. And so essentially, you know, at that party, I was the life of the party, you know, I was telling stories, I was making jokes and everybody was transfixed. And that's all I really wanted. Where you normally weren't that person where you were, but you felt uncomfortable doing it. Both. Yeah. 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 Um, 
shot you to center stage. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. And so from then on, I just really, I was a daily drinker, you know, because I just made a command decision that I wasn't going to live without alcohol because I was the superior version of myself. Yeah. So why would I ever like settle for anything less than that? You know? Um, so I just kept drinking and things went great for like two months. It was the best summer of my life. You know, (laughs) like I felt like I had unlocked like something in life, something that other people just don't know exists. You know, like I was really walking Mm -hmm. around being like, people don't know about alcohol. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, but I was the one that didn't know because it was doing something for me that it doesn't do for other people. And in fairness, you did unlock something. And for the alcoholic, it is something that gets unlocked Mm. and it obviously affects us differently. Yes, 100%. So, yeah. So essentially as a daily drinker, like things go downhill quickly as they did. Um, And yeah, come enter the parade of, you know, rehabs and concerned parents and people who care about you. And how old were you? Uh, that started at like, um, I started drinking just after like my 16th birthday. Um, and then was basically starting the, you know, the rehab train at 17. Yeah. So it was just a mess. Like, you know, um, I missed out. I kind of ruined my life, my opportunities spent, you know, um, my, I was going to a performing arts high school and what I really wanted was to be a professional ballet dancer. And my whole life was kind of going in that direction. It wasn't like a pipe dream. It was Mm -hmm. something that was Mm -hmm. in the works for me. And that door was closed like very, very quickly because I mean, a, a dance career is very short anyways. And then when you enter in like crippling addiction, like it doesn't really help. You it's know? not a good mix. Yeah. So drunk ballerina. Yeah. Drunk it's not ballerina. a good look. Yeah. It's not the best look. It's not the best look. So yeah, I just, lots of rehabs, lots of things, like all the things happened, um, all the consequences that you could think of, you know, and I ended up, uh, living in my car in Orange County and, my mom had joined Al-Anon and started loving me with detachment and all that, you know, and my dad was, uh, honestly paralyzed by my, my illness, you know, like I, I don't really know to this day. Like I, I don't have a lot of window into like how he felt because he prefers never to discuss this time, mm. you know? So, um, yeah. And so I was just living in my car and just, you know, I moved, I moved to, Oakland, um, I had some vague idea that I was, you know, different place, geographic, blah, 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 all this. It just continued. Like the drinking continued. Um, and how, and how, where, where, so you drank from 16 to 19 to 19. And, yeah. and when you were 19, what kind of, how, how did, how would you say, what, give us a picture of what the worst of it looked like if you were going to look at a day. Cause I always like to know like, cause mine mm-hmm. was really just sad and depressing and it sounds yeah. like yours might be too. It what was, was like also sad and depressing. a bad, just <laughs> normal day at the end. What did that look like? Um, the worst of it was, you know, at the end, um, I had no friends, uh, because I had, you know, used up everybody in my life. Um, living in my car, uh, all my shit was in like trash bags, 
you can't park any, you can't just park any, this is like one of these things where people don't think about until you're like yeah. living in the car. You can't just park your car anywhere overnight. So it's like you, I park somewhere and then like, Police would come and like knock on the window and be like, especially what are you, Orange County. What are you I doing? Mean, yeah, exactly. Orange like, County. There, it's not yeah. like I was at like Skid Row or anything. Not that <laughs> that would have been preferable or anything, but people were, you know, cops would knock on my window and yeah. be like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm, totally. It's hot. I'm like sweating because mm-hmm. it's, you know, sleeping in the car and everything. Um, I would just sort of like make re- like, I, sometimes I would go to my this one girl's house who was kind of a mess too and like shower in her boyfriend's bathroom whatever and like he like all his shampoo bottles were empty and like all his stuff so it's like i would try to like wash my body or wash my hair and everything was empty it's just one of the you know it's just this little it's just like one more thing you know like um and my parents you know were um just really sad and like kind of done with me because i didn't know what to do um you know, and yeah, I just really, all I could do was drink, you know, yeah. my life was just empty. My life was just empty and I was an empty person. Yeah. And, you know, I think the, the worst of it was also, I just had this like apathy where I just, I couldn't even be sad about how my life had mm-hmm. turned out because all the sadness was like dried up. You know, I had had my days of like crying over what I had become and then I just kind of was like, this is just what it is, I guess. Yeah. I guess I'm you just going to just slide into way. that dark acceptance. Like yeah. A, yeah, a level yeah. of acceptance yeah. where yeah. you just, this is yeah. my life and, yeah. and it's not going to be anything different. I'm just going to try to exist here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like the bright future is long snuffed yeah. out and just this feeling of like, I don't really know. I'm not going to kill myself, but like when death comes, I won't mm. be sad about it. It'll yeah. just, I'll just cease to exist at one point and that will kind of be okay with me, you yeah. know? So yeah. that's like what the end looked like. So, so what, what kind of happened? Mm-hmm. What was that? We like to say the jump, that jumping off place or your moment of clarity where, uh, maybe you realize you can't go on like this anymore or something was presented to you as an option to get out. Yeah, it was the second one. Um, I actually, did not plan on getting sober. Um, I went to, I knew AA existed because I'd been to rehab, obviously. Um, and I liked AA, but I thought that it didn't work for me because I had gone, I'd gone to a lot of meetings. Um, I loved stories. I loved hearing like the dark stories, the whatever I, I was like transfixed by this idea that people would get up there and just like say the wildest shit, you know? And I loved it. I loved the drunkologues, but as soon as they turned to the like, getting sober part, I just, my eyes just glaze over and I just zone out, you know, I just didn't care. That's not for me. Yeah, exactly. I was like, "Mm, I don't know about this, you know, but, um, so I, I went to AA, I, I went to this meeting just for really no reason other than like, I knew people would be nice to me. And I like, again, with the stories, I liked that. And there was no harm in me going to an AA meeting because I- And this is still in California, right? uh, This is when I moved up to Oakland. Oakland, This is a few, this is probably about six months after the the time I described. It was just more of that. Yeah. Um, And- Yeah. Um, the only thing I could do at the end was just sort of like restart the clock a little. Like when I moved to Oakland, I, I like found one like clinically Al-Anon man to like be friends with me. And I was like, (laughs) used him up to like a point where he was even getting mad at me, whatever. Um, 
I like and that then, term. Is that yeah. a term? Clinically, yeah. Al-Anon. Yeah. Clinically, yeah. Al-Anon. Yeah. I mean, that could be man or woman. Yeah, it could be anybody. It could be anybody. Yeah. Be anybody. <laughs> yeah. Had um, a few of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't have any fear about going to AA or any you know reticence about joining because I thought this doesn't work. But it's fun to be here. It's mm. fun to be here. And so um, I went to this meeting and I sat there. I don't remember anything anybody said. It wasn't a white light experience, but I do feel that I had a spiritual experience in the meeting because I thought to myself, like, you know, the one thing that I've never tried is doing the steps. It's like the only thing I haven't tried, you know? It's funny how that happens, isn't it? It's so people, weird. So many people in AA, yeah. they stick around and you talk to them or maybe you see them coming out and you're like, hey, have you ever done the steps? And they're like, no. It why is an epidemic. Do, why would I do the steps? Yeah. It just, it doesn't seem like it's the answer. It does not. It does seem not. Like I mean, it no. seems so counterintuitive. It to is what, paradoxical to its core. Yeah. What we'll, I think the problem with me is, and that's the problem. It's like what I think the problem with me is I, I don't really understand alcoholism at that point. Well, there's so many of these, I, I, I like to call them fires that are blazing in front of me right. that External. revolve around money, freedom from jail, you know, a jail job, job those things. So it's like when you're like, we're going to write out a, a dumpster fire, inventor, mm-hmm. a searching and full of fearless moral inventory. I'm like, what do you, that is not yeah. it. Can you lend me a hundred bucks? Like mm. that would be, or, the, or, or put away the chair, set put, up the yeah, meeting. Yeah. yeah. Help. Let's, why? why don't we, why don't we work on this bonanza weekend? You yeah. know, help us out and go on this yeah. week. I don't even have money to buy mm-hmm. food today. You know, yeah. you want yeah. me to go where? Yeah. Call what? three women today. There you like, go. Yeah. Oh God, How is that going to solve? Yeah. Do they have money to give me? <laughs> yeah. Do they have, you know, a ride? Yeah. Cigarettes? Yeah. 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 And also, you know, as bad as it, you know, maybe sounds or doesn't sound to people is at the end for me, like I was afraid of losing that. Like the idea, no matter how bad it got, the idea that I would lose alcohol was worse than anything else. You know, Um, I would have gladly kept going. If I had known that AA was going to get me sober, I would not have done it. Yeah. Like it was only because I didn't believe that it worked for me yeah. because I would not have been willing. If like, you knew, yeah. If I yeah. knew, I, yeah. I'm telling you, because even so, like, even as bad as it was, bad as it had gotten, all these, like, events that happened, all the things, all the bad things, all the, you know, oh, trauma and all this sort of stuff, like, that wasn't slowing me down. Mm-hmm. That was not going to stop me. There's yeah. no problem that can happen to me that alcohol cannot fix. Mm-hmm. And I was obsessed with the idea that if I could just, you know, control my circumstances, then I could recapture the great days of the past. You know, I wasn't interested in controlling my drinking, but I was very fixated on controlling everything else around my life to just make the ingredients work to where it could be like it used to be. Yeah. It was my great obsession. I was like, not gonna, I wasn't ready to let that go. It's always so funny how much effort we put into our drinking and then balk at minimal amounts of effort in (laughs) AA. Yeah. The, the the term this is the easier softer yeah. way is yeah. appropriate and it really is mm-hmm. i mean especially nowadays i mean this is man i see these new guys really struggling and i'm like god man mm-hmm. but for the grace of god there you go i yeah i mean that could be me yeah you know 100 i don't i don't want any part of it 
So, so you, you found your way into AA through probably similar, I I relate to just feeling lonely and Mm -hmm. maybe it was just nice to be around some people who, you know, were at least pretending to like me. I don't know if they did or not, but like you, what was kind of the turning point from there to where you started to buy in? Um, so there was like two parts to my, my buy-in. My initial buy-in was just that I, I did get a sponsor after that meeting, like immediately after, um, which is crucial. Yes. Somewhere in my lizard brain, I knew that if I, if I didn't do it, if I didn't ask like the first woman that I saw Mm -hmm. that I would never do it, you know? And so I didn't do any of this, like, Oh, pick someone that has what you want Mm -hmm. or five years or more. So, but whatever, I just grabbed like literally the first girl I saw. Yeah. Um, and she was like close to my age range. I wanted someone who was like young. I, she was blonde. I was like, Perfect. Love it. Great. You know, um, why, why, why was that? Why is I that? don't, you know, I was, blonde? I was 19. I was shallow. I was like, she's pretty. She's yeah. blonde. She's I near me. She's lot. like only a couple years older than yeah, me probably. Right. And like, that was it. I mean, I, I was living in my car, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like mm-hmm. I have a big aspirations. I was like, I want a Doesn't beautiful matter, hot really. sponsor. Yeah. I don't know. I, I hear that a lot. Yeah. And I think about that, I guess. And I, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, listen, like, we're very surface level at that yes. point. Shall we don't have much to grab. Lots onto. of girls pick yeah. me for all kinds of strange yeah. reasons based on what their perception mm-hmm. of my physical appearance is. Right. And then they get a and big surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, oh. and then so, you start getting in and they're like, Whoa, what yeah. I thought I, I thought was you were yeah. 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 telling me to read the big book. That's funny. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So my first buy-in was, you know, I, I did ask this woman to be my sponsor and we did, I did call her or she caught somehow we were, con- we were communicating. Um, and I met with her uh, at a coffee shop, like really soon after, like maybe the next day, maybe the day after. Um, and again, I felt pretty relaxed and we started doing the steps. Like I meet her at her house every week. We go through the steps and I thought this is kind of a nice, like time waste activity for me because eventually like I will drink again. Um, it, I just know it will happen. But in the meantime, I might as well have something to do, you know, and it doesn't hurt me to go to these meetings. And it, I had, you know, when you're, like you said, when you're lonely, you have no job, you have no life, you have no nothing. I had nothing to do. The boredom is intense. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just going to these meetings and listen, well, I was going to three, two to three meetings a day every nice. day for yeah. my first year. Yeah. Like not cause I'm a good person or anything or because like really for no other reason I had no other way to you spend a, my time. Yeah. A lot of free time. So much free time. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, mean that or hang out in your car. Yeah. Literally that. So I like <laughs> lived at this like Alano club really. Yeah. Like I just went there all the time and I, I did go after the meeting to, you know, dinners and things. And I met with my sponsor and I just didn't, feel the need to drink. It's not that I didn't want to sometimes. I definitely did. But it never felt so urgent that I had to do it or that it was out of my control, mm-hmm. like yeah. that I was just going to. Yeah. And, you know, and then some nights as things are really rough. It's like 3 a.m. My sleep schedule was trash, obviously, yeah. Yeah. you know. And I, I, I would think things like, well, if I really, really want to drink this bad, like tomorrow then I will. I just totally will. And I would go to sleep and I'd wake up the next morning and it just wouldn't be as bad. So yeah. I'd say, well, okay, I guess I'll just stay sober yeah. another day, you know? Yeah. Um, and that proceeded, that proceeded through my first year. Um, and I, and then there was some 
buy-in. The buy-in started to come. Um, when did you end up moving out to this area? Uh, in 2014. 2014. So I had okay. eight years sober. So you had eight years sober. What mm-hmm. was that like, you know, as we kind of wind down the, the 3W portion? Yes. Do you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about that and, and how life has been since you moved out here? Mm. I know I'm sure it was a big change. Yeah. Actually, it was like a complete godsend, me moving out. Because at, at eight years sober, between year like six and eight, something happened to me. And that was that um, all my friends who I had kind of my girl clan, my group, my tribe, whatever, you know, who I had gotten sober with and and all my friends and peers and the unity portion of my triangle, every single one of them had left AA and I was the only one left, which is, this is something that happens, happens. you know, um, there's a lot of turnover and there's fewer people as you stay sober longer. Um, And they all left. And I was the only one that remained. And I had not invested in new relationships throughout this time. I just Mm. was like very excited about the fact that I had female friends for the first time in my life. And, um, and I was sponsoring a bunch of women, like on the outside, my program looked fantastic. Like I sponsored like a bajillion women. I was speaking at conferences. I was speaking, I was speaking like three times a week or so. Like, I mean, I was everywhere and, um, going to meetings and I was meeting with my sponsor and really, you know, solid on all that sort of stuff, but I didn't have a goddamn friend, not one. And, uh, I started to get strangled by my own reputation in Mm -hmm. AA because everybody, and also because like, I don't have time to even get into this, but like the culture of AA is different in different regions. And in California being like a strong woman for the big, in the big book is like, that was like very, it it was rare out there at Mm. that time. Um, and so people like, were like, Oh, Lily's so strong in the book and she's serious and da 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 da, you know? And I just felt like I was unwilling to be me or be anything other than what people expected me to be. And I was at the same time so fired up about AA and also so resentful at so many people in AA because they weren't doing it right, you know, (laughs) because like I knew. And, uh, And I was paralyzed by the thought that I would, that if I didn't like bring the message to every meeting and like really pound on like the steps Mm -hmm. and the book and the thing that some newcomer coming in wouldn't hear the message and they'd go out and drink and die. Right. And I'd squander someone's only opportunity to get sober. Like that's the level of seriousness that I was like carrying around with me all the time. So I wouldn't ever go in and just say like, I'm struggling or or anything. I couldn't be a human. So moving out here, um, it was like, honestly, like divinely inspired because I wasn't like, doing so well internally, um, back in California. And I honestly like wanted to drink, um, just to kind of escape it all. And so I moved out here and just kind of got to be a person because I in mean, AA. in AA, a person in AA, not yeah. Lily, the yes. speaker. Yes. Like I just got to be yeah. a person and people still like, you know, like, yeah, I have a good program, like whatever, like I, I fit in and all this sort of stuff. But, um, it really allowed me to just to be a member and not to be a somebody. And I learned the very important lesson that like 
you know, the triangle needs to be balanced. And so today, like I'm always trying to invest in new relationships, keep the relationships that I have, of course, but there's always some room at the table. Like for me, you want to go to coffee with me? I want to go to coffee with you. Like, it doesn't matter if I don't know you, like I'm, I am always trying to kind of refresh friendships and build more of a network rather than just have my, you know, my three close friends or, or whatever, you know, yeah. I mean, I do have them, but I'm just, I'm open to more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, Great attitude. I mean, we could talk about that. It's for, it's tough. For I mean, we. I, mean, I know yeah. I struggle with that. Where we've got a 100%. couple of guys I hang with, yeah. and opening up new relationships. It's like oh, I don't know if I have the time or take too long to get to know you, mm -hmm. and I don't, you know. So uh, that's great. With that being said, let's move on to our topic. Kind of relates into more sobriety, and this is something that uh, comes from the. 12 and 12 and 12 steps says, furthermore, how shall we come to terms with seeming failure or success? Life doesn't stop happening when you get sober. And I think what, what this means to me is that after I got sober, I don't know why, as I talked about those fires, they were so clearly evident to me that, you know, I don't have a license. I'm, I'm going to go back to jail. This, once those started to die down, this expectation that maybe, my life was just going to be perfect and everything was going to be easy. And that's not been the case. You know, I've dealt with loss. I've dealt with problems with work with, I mean, you know, we could talk for hours about relationships with women for me. It's just been bad, you know, but uh, Chris, why don't we start with you? What, what has been your experience with, uh, you know, failure, success and having to actually live? I, so, you know, so the success, I, re, I related to Lily so much when she's talking about her days in California and the, getting on the speaker circuit and having that early, I mean, there was a time in AA, it's long since passed, which is, I'm happy with that. I was on that speaking circuit. I was getting invited to YPAS and flying me down and speaking at these conferences. And it, it like, it, it left very little room for the newcomer to have a real authentic conversation because you're so, just like you said, you're so in that mode of like trying to deliver them. And it's not like I didn't want to, it's not like nefarious reasons. You want to be a good AA and you want people to get something out of what you're saying. You know what I mean? And, and so, but I, man, I relate to that a lot. So that, that's a, that's an area where success in a lot of ways can, can turn on you you know, yeah. in, in that way. And, and, um, so that was, you know, but most of my experiences with failure, <laughs> failure in relationships, mm -hmm. failure with business. And I am in all of those circumstances, I'm just really grateful that I've had a solid footing in AA because I've always leaned in. It's something people say around here, like in tough times, I've leaned into, uh, the experience that surrounds me in Alcoholics Anonymous. And I feel so grateful that I have those relationships and I've put some equity into the, those relationships where when I have hit tough times in my sobriety, I've been able to, to lean on those relationships yeah. In, yeah. in a major way, you know? Um, and that's something as alcoholics, we, 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 we have in great supply and normal people don't have that. They've got a couple friends maybe they had in college and that's it. Yeah. You know, and it goes on from the reading, which we don't have here to talk about 
the use of the tools in AA, a higher power sure. and leaning in towards whatever that might be. And I think our higher power, you know, you mentioned friends, a lot of time talks to, you know, kind of is present through people in our lives and maybe their experience or, uh, something they share with me. Um, so, you know, um, Lily, how about you? What, what, how, how does this look? What, what is, what was your idea after you got sober? Did you think that everything was going to be perfect? Were you worried about circumstances in your life? Mm, uh, I would not have admitted that I thought everything would be perfect, but I believed to my core <laughs> that everything would be perfect. And I spent like a long time, like, listen, I don't want to, I don't, I know what the right answer is. So I'm going to say that mm -hmm. because I care deeply about what you think. Right. So I spent like that first portion of my program doing every, like once I had that buy-in, you know, I was determined to do everything right. And once I discovered the steps, it was like the steps provided this framework for life. And I took that like in. Yeah. And so I, I discovered this thing where it's like, if I never make a mistake, I never have to make an amends again, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And so, exactly. Oh, wouldn't that be great? I, right. So um, I just like checked every box. Right. And I just did every possible thing, you know, and for a really long time in my, my sobriety, it really was a very causal relationship between like do good, get good, you know, and that's, and I just thought that I'd kind of discovered the hack mm -hmm. to life that if I just keep doing all the right things, um, that things would continue to just go well for me. Yeah. So well, here we go at year 10 of sobriety. Right. And even though I was like, if I'm a good girl, like everything is like going to be good deep within, I'm, I have a rebellious streak. Right. Yeah. So year 10, I started to get kind of like antsy in my recovery, not that, not wanting to go drink, but just feeling like bored, you know, feeling yeah. like I checked all the boxes and I'd done all the things, you know, and I got in the big girl job and all this stuff. And then I was like, this is now I have to, I just work 40 hours a week. Is <laughs> yeah. this? What am I going to like, do? and I get like two days off. Yeah. Is this 52 weeks a year from the rest of my life? I was like, really? Oh my God. Giving me so, a panic attack just thinking about uh, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, how do people live like this? So um, so I started, you know, I was married at the time, and, uh, you know, I started making some, like, a lot of decisions that were pretty unconventional, you know, and none were overtly harmful or anything. They just, I just was like, you know what? Like, why, why can't I have a little bit of adventure in life? Um, again, nothing really wrong with it, but... It, it, I, so I did a bunch of different things and I moved and moved to Hawaii and almost immediately my marriage failed. And I, that was like a big thing for me at the time because and you're I, in Hawaii, in Hawaii, I was in Hawaii, not a lot of, no, no one, yeah. no one, not a goddamn person. Basically. Yeah. Like I went to a meeting, I went to like a, like I went to like a week of meetings and you were on Maui, right? I was which, on Maui. Which yeah. is, I mean. It's not even like Oahu. I mean, Maui is tough for meetings. It's it's small. Yeah. And I went to like meetings for like a week and then like literally like week two or whatever. I was like, I'm getting divorced, guys. Like, I don't know anybody, yeah, like yeah, yeah, no one. Yeah. It was rough. Um, but listen, like in that situation, like God provides. God provided this this one girl that I connected with and you know, I don't know that just the right people, you know, carried me through and I still had my community back here or whatever. The point though is, it's not even about like 
going through that or, you know, AA showed up or, or anything like that. It's just the, the problem is always me, you know, and I felt so stupid. I felt so fucking dumb, you know, and I was so humiliated and I was so embarrassed. And I just that my because you have to keep the perfect life. I, I have keep to show on the out. I can't yeah. have that happen mm. to me. Cannot, yeah. cannot. And also because like, you know, because I had made all these decisions, kind of wild decisions, right? And and people, of course, were supportive, but cautionary, right? Which mm. is even worse. Because then you're like, because <laughs> then you're like, you have to come back hat yeah. in hand and okay. be like, well, that didn't That's work scary. out, you know, That's like, scary. oh, horrible, horrible. Yeah. So, you know, we've been there. Yeah. And I went to, and I went down like for a job, like my job was down and I hated the job and like absolutely everything about like this whole kind of cluster of decisions and just like kind of these big swings I was taking in life. Absolutely. Every single one failed <laughs> and it decimated my life. Like, it's not like I just came back and like everything was the same. Like I got divorced, like the animal, we had pets, I got split up. Like I moved back here. Like I didn't have the, the house I was in anymore. Yeah. Uh, I moved in with a, a friend. I lived out of a suitcase for eight months because yeah. I just didn't know what to even do mm. with the kind of shards that remained, yeah. Yeah. you know? And, um, but I came back to AA and just, you know, sucked it up with my, my ego, you know, and just came back and was like, listen, nobody's gonna like, you know, wag their finger at me. Nobody's going to whatever, like people just want to support whatever. And so, and that, that was really, really freeing for me because, um, it kind of just this entire kind of wholesale experience, like it really broke the shackles of like what I thought my life had to be for me to be happy. Um, and when you sort of lose the thing that you wanted most in life, like suddenly you realize like there's, there's freedom on the other side of this. Like Mm -hmm. you can just, it's like if you are not bound to this this thing that you feel you must have, we all have it, right? For me at the time, it was, you know, being married, whatever. For other people, it might be, you know, job or like money, success, relationship, having a family, whatever. Like it's tough because it's it, when you try to tell people like these are all good goals, nothing wrong with any of these goals, except that you are hellbent on them, yeah. you know? It's the weight that they put, yes. that you put in them. Yes. It's the priority that you lean on them. Yes. That makes them dangerous. And the dependence yes. that the we dependence. put on yeah. reaching dependence. those goals yeah. yes. or losing what we've already attained. Yes. I'll be better when. when. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I'm I'm yeah. only going to stay better if I have, if mm-hmm. I keep mm-hmm. these things, yes. you know? Yes. Um, Let's, uh, that, that's great. I think we could talk for an hour about life and our failures and successes. It yeah. sounds like that's the, just one I've had end. many. Yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds like coming back to AA and leaning into the program, as you said, has been the solution for all of us with, with these things. So, yeah. uh, let's get into an important part of the show, the newcomer <laughs> tip of the week. Oh, look at our newcomer. I love it. She's hugging you, that bottle. If you're tight. just on audio, Lily, you can't t- is, is that, does that is look that, familiar? That, oh, the bottle so hug. She's not vomiting, so like you got to take it up a notch. But yes, that looks like if, me. If you're just on audio and you can't see the video, there's a girl. She's holding. It looks like a bottle of champagne. Her eyes. I mean, she's drank most of the bottle. That might not even the be her first bottle. The champagne was actually one of my it, last it, drinks. Was it? Yeah. There you go. It's the just the bottle, bottle hug that really yeah. sells it for me. There. For yeah. me, nobody it's the hugs mouth. a bottle like that unless you're the mouth and the eyes. The way her like the. 
like she's gonna say something, but it's gonna be like, nah, nah. it's just impressive God, that the yes. makeup isn't running. There's no makeup run. I mean, that's probably yeah. yeah. So, it's early. Let's let's early so in the night. Our tip is. Remember the last day you took a drink, get a sobriety date. So this is a simple one. I think we can go around real quick. I, you know, when I went to my first sort of set of meetings and people would always, when they would share, they would always say their sobriety. And I was like, you know, A, it would kind of piss me off because they had been, most of them sound like they were lying because they had a lot of time <laughs> apparently. And I was like, this is BS right here. There's no way this is happening, you know? And then when I was supposed to get a sobriety date, mine kept changing. Mm. And I was like, why do you, why, why do we got to do this? Like, why do you got to hear yeah. about my new sobriety date? What was your nickname? My nickname's 24, it was 24 Hour John because Ooh. I had a lot of different sobriety dates. Mine was the keep coming back kid. Oh my God, that's even cooler. <laughs> Yeah. I've never heard that before. Yeah. The That's keep coming back kid. Yeah. Keep it's a little wordy. Back. Keep but coming back bad. kid. That's that what they say like to you. That some, some California, said, yeah. Keep coming back. Hey, it's kid. the keep yeah. coming back kid. Yeah. There was, there was another nickname, but I don't think it's appropriate for the podcast, <laughs> actually, too. After, hey, you know afterwards. What? Hey. Yeah. That, but so, point is, is if you're out there, you should get a sobriety date. It's nice to have yes. that date as a starting point. It's important. It's important. Also helps us to know who's been sober. Uh, it's good. Chris? Yeah, I mean, it was easy. I don't remember the last drink I took. It was a bit of a blur there before I was before I was locked up for violating probation. But it was easy for me because my sobriety day is the day I got released. From being incarcerated? Being incarcerated, yeah. Okay. All so right. So it was, and I don't count, I was obviously sober. I mean, it was... I was in for a while, so I was sober. I don't count that time, and yeah. you know, I know other people that do, and that's fine. Yeah, for but for me, you, but for me, it. I started my time when I had a sponsor. Yeah, that for me, that's me sober. Yeah, you know, um, I like it. not just dry. Yeah, Lily, how about you? Um, I think I remember my last drink because, like, yeah, there was like a you know, it was, it's, a it's always murky. a little blurry. <laughs> yeah, but um. So I was at a bowling alley and uh, I was with my, my Al-Anon <laughs> guy, friend, whatever, you know, and uh, we got... Captive. Yeah, my captive. Yeah, my my hostage. And we got some beer. I think it was Corona, actually. And I just drank this one beer, right? This is, this is why I can't drink like one because it's horrible. I would drink one beer and it unleashed like a depth of rage mm-hmm. that I have only like once or twice ever felt since. And I just had this Mm. overwhelming feeling, this just hatred for everything and everyone and a deep abiding knowledge that I was never going to be happy. Never, Mm. you know, and we're at like a bowling alley. It's like such an, it's it was just like, it was just horrible, you know? And I just felt, and I just knew like, no matter how much I drank, no matter whether I was sober or dry or whatever, I was never going to be happy again yeah, ever. And that it was just done for Mm. me. You know, I didn't, I didn't equate that with like, maybe I should get sober. I just was like at the pits where I was. Sounds like despair. Despair. It's a good word. One of the four horsemen. Yeah. Yeah. Total despair. I like that. I like that. And I think that's why for a lot of us, it's hard to stop drinking because we can't see any other way. Yeah. You know, that is the only real solution. Mm -hmm. I, um, I've never even said this, but my last drink was six warm Budweiser's 16 Mm. ounce. They were warm and I was sick with the flu. 
Mm. And I was drinking anyway because yeah. I was dying of yeah, alcoholism. Yeah. And the only relief I got, even when I was sick, was drinking. And I never threw up so I could drink with the flu and, and mm. be fine. But smoking Newports too. Always. Yeah. A pack a pack a day. The menthol yeah. kind of is a little coating there it was, when it, you're sick. It was like a so like a halls. Like, like a, a halls throat lot. Let, let me smoke a Newport here so I can <laughs> so clear my throat. I love Look at menthols Gabe judging. Do you too. do you guys remember uh how and this is we'll, we'll move on here after this, but do you remember the way that cigarettes tasted after you got sick when uh, you would smoke? Little, oh, it was a it would have that off. weird taste like, for a couple oh, days man. after you get really sick. Did you smoke? No. I actually only started smoking when I got sober because I was what? yes, yeah. I didn't smoke. I didn't smoke actually. Yeah. I just drank huh. whatever. I just I don't know, I just never picked it up. Um but I started smoking when I got sober yeah. because I needed an in to talk to people. There you go. And people it was would like form holding a smoking a drink. The only one. I'm sure. Yeah, smoking circle. And I would it gave me a reason to enter a smoking circle, yeah. ask someone for I hear a lighter. That about drinking smoke. coffee too. A lot of people I, that is the same. It's I like holding exactly a drink at the bar. Yeah. You I know, you got to hold something. before I came here either. Yeah. yeah. At all. Interesting. Yeah. Now I'm clinically addicted You're to coffee. Caffeine. Did you quit smoking? Yes, I did quit smoking. That's good. Yeah. I'll have like one cigarette a year maybe, or I'll reserve it for very difficult times in life where it's, things are really tough. I just give myself one. Mm -hmm. I can't, I'm so bad. If I smoked one, I'd be like, I'd be in Virginia buying cartons again. (laughs) (laughs) Loading up the trunk. (laughs) 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 Let's move on. We have a cool sketch this week. I am excited. Similar. So last week segment. A uh, uh, new seg. So the segment of the week. All new right. Segment. All right. The seg. We've got a cool segment. Last week we did. Um, I forget the. What was last week? What is the name of it? Last week. Uh, we, had we had but, but two, two alternatives, alternatives. And, and, yeah. and in that we basically a picked a reading, disaster. and you had to pick if it was from the A Big Book or I the got, Twelve Steps. Okay, I got that conditions. I could win. That really? I could win. I, I'll yes, sh- I'm no going to show question. you the questions from last week. Okay. Then after the show. Yeah. But this week, yeah, let's quiz her. Let's mm-hmm. get into our sketch of the week. Who wants to be a millionaire alcoholic? Oh, that's a cool, um, that's a cool graphic. That's, yeah. yep. that's Chris really showing good. off his skills. Very good. Yeah, Very just good. We are alcoholic. <laughs> Very good. The way this is going to go is our guest, Lily, our producer, Gabe, and our co-host, Chris, are all going to have five questions they're going to answer. Each question will have five different multiple choice answers. Each question you get right, you'll get a point. And at the end of the five questions, whoever has the most points wins and you get a AA postcard over there. Oh, I thought it was a bumper sticker. It's a postcard. What does it say? Hold up. It says one fucking day at a time. I'm oh, in it to win so it. So okay. here we go. Just this is this is for the winner. And if you're online, if you're if you're listening right now, you can play along too because we're going to give out the answer. So why don't you guys pick up? What your, about a lifeline? Pick up your pens. We're going to probably pass on the lifeline because that's going to get a little. I think that might be a little much <laughs> to do for Gabe. Um, well, let's see. Let's see how you. Get. So so what this is going to go is I'm going to say one question. I'm going to say the question. And then we're going to give five answers, yeah, multiple choice. Are we? Are you down over there, Gabe? Oh, there we go. Oh, we're back we up. I think one of our cameras is down. Yep. We lost number two. Which is the all? We lost one and two. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's not good. No, I don't know if that's possible. The okay. Power is off. Are you seeing? Are, are you seeing anything there? 
let's put the slides up. Yeah, throw up the slide. Number one. Number one. And this is probably the this is the gimme right here. Okay, this is the easy one. I gave I gave everybody a gimme. Mm-hmm. Number one. What year did Alcoholics Anonymous start? Only, I know this. Do we, are we all supposed to just you're gonna write, write just write down, down okay, which okay. write down the the yeah. So I'm ready to like buzz. With That's right. Me. No, no, no. No. Okay. 1925, 1934, 1935, 1939, or 1945. So everybody's written down their answers. Let's go to number two. Number two. Make sure you're writing down your the sectarian group, C, the Liberty Group, Society, Liberty Society, four, the D, the Oxford Group, and E, anti-alcohol prohibition. Everybody I'm not feeling good about their this. Answers, their answers. All right, let's go to number three. Ooh, good one. Who was Henrietta oh, really? Cyberling? So look. Henrietta Cyberling is, uh, she's... Are you going to tell us? Who, who at the end, well, I'm going to tell you. A, she was the first woman to get sober by joining AA. She B, was the founder of the Hazelden Foundation. C, the daughter-in-law of the Goodyear Rubber Company founder. D, along with Carl Jung, spiritual advisor to Bill W. Or E, donated the Stepping Stones house to Bill W. Oh, my God. I mean, this is just a total guess. I mean, is it? I think I might know this one. You should probably know it. I think I know this one, actually. If you know AA history. I have no one. I am not claiming I know. Okay. Well, write write your guess down then, Chris. uh, Fuck. (laughs) Don't worry. I'm going to tell you at the end. All right. Let's move on to number four. Who started the first AA meeting in Cleveland, Ohio? Abby G. Clarence S. Hank P. Bill D or Fitz M. And I have actually been to this person's grave. That's the so I'm hearing silence. Hard. I'm hearing a little bit of unsuredness. I don't know why I'm changing my answer as if like <laughs> somehow deduced. Yeah, they're all guesses anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Which That's, one feels better? Right. I've got like a soft guess. Let's number go to number five. five. A star catcher for what baseball team achieved sobriety in Alcoholics Anonymous? Come on. A, the New York Yankees. B, the Boston Red Sox. C, the Philadelphia Phillies. D, the Cleveland Indians. Or E, the St. Louis Cardinals. This is a guess. Total guess for me. They were getting... I, I, they were getting... Harder and harder as the as the questions go on. I didn't want to make them all lay downs. Yeah. Wow. This is total guess. This is like a sports history, like mm, it's tough. it's kind of AA history, but it is a little bit of sports history as well. All right, what do we got? This is how we're going to do this. We're going to go around. I'm going to ask you guys. Just don't change your answers one by one. We're going to go around and I'll randomly select somebody to go first for the first question. What year did Alcoholics Anonymous start? Lily, what was your answer? C, 1935. Gabe. C, 1935. Chris. 1935. 
ding, ding, ding. Everybody gets a point. Nice. That was the gimme. If you didn't okay. get that one, it's I was going to be It's also our password on Linktree. It is our password. To watch the to, videos. To watch the videos. So that was a little bit of a, okay, okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Number two, the question is, prior to starting AA, both co-founders were in contact with what fellowship? Gabe, what was your answer? D. D. Which was the, the Oxford, Oxford group. group. D was Oxford group. Okay. Oxford. 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 Ding, ding, ding. We've got winners wow. again. This is where it goes off the rails right here. So, yeah. so, so for those online, the, the Oxford Group was a Christian organization that helped the formation of Alcoholics Anonymous and is where a lot of the principles and the steps of AA have come from. So number three, this one's going to be a little interesting. Who was Henrietta Cyberling? Chris. I put D. I don't even remember what it said. I just picked a letter. Uh, a letter. D was along with Carl... Jung, spiritual advisor, BW. Okay. Lily, what did you put? Uh, I had C, the tires one, because I do know that that's, there's, it's in the, it's in the mix. Okay. I can't quite remember how. Gabe? I also put C. I knew it was like a relative of someone. That's mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. That. You, if you put C, you would be correct. Hell she yeah. was the daughter-in-law of the Goodyear oh. Rubber Company. And that's that a so sh- I almost I do know this because his son was yeah. an alcoholic. It's and such so a strange thing to put. Yeah. So here's the like thing about Henry. Here's the thing is that that's, it's an interesting part of her story, but she also was a member of the Oxford group and a big part of a getting started and introducing Bill and Bob. Mm-hmm. So there's many, you know, facts yeah. about Henrietta, mm-hmm. but the, daughter-in-law of the Goodyear Rubber Company founder is an interesting one. Yes. So, all right, let's go to number four. Who started the first AA meeting in Cleveland, Ohio? Mm. Let's start with Gabe. I put D, Bill D. You put Bill (laughs) D. Okay, Chris? Fitz. Fitz, okay. I put B, Clarence. If you put B, Clarence, you were correct. Oh, Clarence. I'm on my way to that bumper sticker. It's done. I mean, I don't know what. It's over. It's already over. You win. So if you don't know this, Clarence Snyder started the first AA group in Cleveland in 1939, in part because some Roman Catholic priests in Cleveland were refusing to let Catholics attend the Oxford group meeting in Akron. Here's another interesting fact about him. This was the first group to use the name Alcoholics Anonymous, and Clarence, thought by many, and even himself, maybe didn't get enough credit for being such a big part of the founding of Alcoholics Anonymous. Strange an alcoholic would complain about that. <laughs> you know, so hey, weird. You never know. <laughs> oh the, the fifth question is an interesting one. And if you kind of, you know, maybe if you were able to put two and two together, you'd be able to get the answer to this one. A star catcher for what baseball team achieved sobriety and alcoholics anonymous let's explain how you just put two and two together well i'll say it afterward chris what did you get cleveland you put cleveland lily what did you put uh i also put cleveland you put cleveland gabe boston why did you put cleveland chris (laughs) ohio why did you put cleveland um, you just guessed. And I just of course, this was your night. You get, you got I all just, five right because the yeah. answer is Cleveland Indians. I don't know. I felt and, it. It was my sobriety. The reason is because Cleveland is in Ohio. That's, that's and that was what sense. I meant. If you could put that two and two sense. together, that Ohio is where Akron is. That maybe that was the right. Chris answer. was. He's he's got it for me because I I just I just 
sensed that maybe that was the right answer, but week. I can't explain. You did much better I did. last week. I feel like I'm passing. Bad. I'm three out of five. Is that like Dude, a D? That's a that's D. Like a, no, it's like a B plus. No. There's got to be some like yeah. catcher it's, somewhere in Boston that, I mean, there's got to be an alcoholic Let, me just, let me just say this. I got one. I'm going to tell you about the guy. Week. His name was Raleigh Hemsley. He was known for having a drinking problem once, which caused him to be kicked off four separate clubs. Hemsley would later attend AA meetings to help himself sober up. He revealed his membership to the press in 1940, five years after the founding of AA, becoming the first AA member to break his anonymity on a national level. Hmm. Hemsley's anonymity break was one of the first developments to raise questions and concerns about personal anonymity, anonymity in the organization. So a hmm. little hmm. interesting tidbit there, I think, um, which is relevant today. He laid the groundwork for He laid the groundwork podcast. for the meeting yeah. after the meeting. Which is good. So there you have it. I believe Lily is our big winner with five out of five. It's a streak for all of our guests. Pass that over here. Toss that over here. Chris, can you reach that? Here is what Lily wins. Can we get it in number? With pride. Look at that. One fucking day at a time. Yes. She can sit. Look, it's an actual postcard. Lily, you can send this to somebody if you really want to as a gift. Maybe you have a sponsee or somebody. No, you're going to hang it somewhere. You're going to keep it. There you go. Keep it forever. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lily, thank you so much for thank joining so much us. For it was me. awesome was to get great. to know you better yes. and hear thank some you. more of your story. Thanks for making the drive. That's yeah. Totally oh, fine. Lily. My pleasure. What My a, pleasure. What a, what a great episode. We will be back again next week with another great guest. We are happy that you joined us tonight. This Thank you. is the meeting after the meeting. Meeting.